Welcome to the Radical Mother Village. If you're new here, a radical mother is a woman poised in her power, ready to disrupt cycles of generational trauma running through her family like wildfire. She's working to improve her life, the lives of her children, and shape the landscape of her community. If that's you, you're in the right place. This podcast is designed to connect you with resources, inspiration, and the reminder that you are not alone as you embark on your journey of radical mothering. I'm your host, Krista Bevan, dynamic self-care coach for radical moms, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Now let's dive in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Radical Mother Village podcast. Today, I want to talk more in depth about what it actually means to be a radical mother, what that looks like, how I define that, um, give you some of the backstory of the inspiration of where this idea came from. But then I also want to get into a little bit more about my own story of coming to this work, how I came to sort of see myself as a radical mother, and why this is such an important topic in my own life. So let's just start off with defining radical mother. So my definition of this is that it's a mother poised in her power, ready to disrupt and dismantle inherited family trauma, right? So she is tired of the status quo. She knows that in order to give her children a better life, she has to give herself a better life first, right? And the reason that this is such a radical idea is because that's not the narrative that we are told. It's not the narrative that we see. It's not the sort of social conversation that we have about what mothers are and what they do, right? Instead, we sort of, there's still this idea and this kind of paradigm that we live under that mothers are supposed to be self-sacrificing and that a good mother is a good martyr, right? And I think that I think that's BS because the reality is we all know that our kids watch our behavior as much as they listen to our words. And if our behavior isn't modeling to them what we want them to have in their own lives, they aren't going to learn that from us, right? So if we want our children to grow up loving themselves and then they see us consciously or subconsciously hating our own selves all day long, that's the message that they receive. That's the message that is sent to them. And when we start to become aware of that, it gives us so much power to be able to disrupt that cycle because chances are we learned it from our own mothers or our parents or our caregivers, right? Whoever that may have been for us in our own lives. And so when we can start to see where these patterns sort of arose from and how we can then be actively working to dismantle them, we are giving ourselves and our children this beautiful gift because we're really able to change the narrative of our family history and and change and disrupt these traumas that have coursed through our family line like wildfire, right? Because that's sort of how I see them. I see generational trauma and inherited patterns like this as wildfire. And so in my mind, radical mothers stand like fire breaks in their family tree. And they're the ones that say no more, right? They just, they lay down this hard line of whatever it takes, we will not perpetuate this. And so it, I was inspired by 
a man named Carlfred Broderick, and he was a marriage and family counselor, and he has this quote, he has this concept of transitional character. So I'm going to read you a quote of how he defines that. So he says, a transitional character is one who, in a single generation, changes the entire course of a lineage. The changes might be for good or ill, but the most noteworthy examples are those individuals who grow up in an abusive, emotionally destructive environment and who somehow find a way to metabolize the poison and refuse to pass it on to their children. They break the mold. They refute the observation that abused children become abusive parents, that the children of alcoholics become alcoholic adults, that the sins of the fathers are revisited on the heads of the children to the third and fourth generation. Their contribution to humanity is to filter the destructiveness out of their own lineage so that generations downstream will have a supportive foundation upon which to build productive lives. And I think that that is so beautiful. And I remember the first time that I came across this this concept and this definition, and it stopped me dead in my tracks because I'll be honest, it was the first time that I ever really felt validated in this sort of feeling that I had had deep in my bones that had been sort of nagging me for most of my sort of adult consciousness and adult life, right? This idea that I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't do parenting the way that my parents had done. And there was this feeling that I had that something was shifting and that that shift and that change was going to be with me. And I actually... I remember, it's funny because this story actually starts, I remember very distinctly, I was 15 years old and my paternal grandfather was dying and he was very sick for a long time and, and he he sort of died over the course of a month after suffering his final of many, many heart attacks and he was just in really ill health and so it was this long descent into death that he experienced, right, and that his family got to witness and so... I watched as my own father, who had had a very strained relationship with his father for his entire life, I watched as these two grown men had so much regret. And it wasn't discussed and it wasn't talked about. But even at this young age, I was able to perceive it. It was very palpable that there was this it, it was this sadness that came not not just with the passing of my grandfather, right? It was something separate above and beyond the sort of expected sadness of a loved one dying, but it was the regret of a relationship with a loved one not having come to fruition and not being carried out in the way that either one of them wanted. And I remember vowing then and there watching these two men go through this process that I never wanted that dynamic to perpetuate with me. And that meant that I knew somehow that my relationship with my own father, which also was strained, was going to need to change. But it also impacted how I thought about my future children. And this, I remember that sort of like flash of 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 download, right? This sort of connection with spirit telling me this, but I didn't really fully know what that was going to mean for me or, you know, how that was going to play out in my own story. So then flash forward to later in my 20s when I started thinking about starting a family with 
who is now my ex-husband, but I had this, again, this nagging feeling. I knew that before I had children, I wanted and needed to do the work that was necessary to take these cycles and, and interrupt them, right? I knew that the parenting that I had seen and witnessed and experienced as a child myself was not something that I was willing to do. It was not something that I was willing to enter into consciously. And with this information, I, I decided that I would rather not have children than parent the way that my parents had parented me. And also the way that my grandparents had parented my parents, right? I started recognizing these patterns as being just that. I was able to see how my parents offered a childhood to me that was so similar to the one that they had been offered because they didn't know any better. And they were just repeating and and doing things similar to what they had seen it it changed right and they did make some improvements on what they had inherited but they really didn't do a whole lot of work to make it as good as it could have been right to really to be the person doing this work of disrupting cycles and so I knew I had again I had this feeling deep in my bones I just knew with all of my being that I was being called upon to to be that person, to do this work that my parents and their parents and back and back and back couldn't do. And that's why it had rolled downhill and ended on me, right? Ended up on my plate. And so my journey of healing myself led me to this place of creating a framework of what I call dynamic self-care. And I'll talk about this more in depth in future episodes. But it allowed me to start nurturing myself on a deeper level and do the reparenting work that was crucial for me to be able to do this work of breaking the cycle, right? And so this, this work that I had to do, you know, I tried lots of different things. And again, I'm going to talk about more of this in another episode, but I'll just leave it here that I, I did trauma healing work, right? And it was hard. It was really hard and it was so isolating and it was so lonely and it was especially lonely because I felt like it was really truly my first act of mothering yet I didn't have children and that was a very strange place to be in because not only do we not see examples of mothers doing this work you know once they actually have children and are officially mothers but you really don't see a lot of examples of women doing this work before consciously entering into parenthood and so I felt incredibly lonely and that's part of the impetus of this podcast, right? And also of the work that I do in my private coaching um, world with other radical mothers is that I never want the women that are doing this work to feel the way that I did. And I'm, you know, I now know that they don't have to because there are others of us out there doing this work. But once my son was born, right? So now flash forward. My, I finally have officially become a mother and my son is here earthside with me and I start to realize, I start having, you know, I start coming to this conclusion that in order for mothers to give their kids a better life, it's absolutely essential that they give themselves a better life first. And I had this hit me as this aha moment that this was sort of the missing piece when we look at breaking these cycles, right? Because here's the thing. My mother did not give herself better. And so I didn't learn how to take care of myself 
because I didn't see my mother do it. And I certainly didn't see my father do it. But the people that were closest to me, my my primary caregivers, were not modeling this behavior. And so it's no wonder that I sort of grew up, I used to describe it as I felt like I was missing chapters in my development because I wasn't being shown certain things and I had to sort of go out and learn them the hard way on my own and through a lot of therapy and a lot of intentional work as an adult. And I started realizing that this was because I had not seen it modeled for myself. And I started realizing that if I wanted my son to have the self-respect and self-love and self-worth that I wished for him, right? Because that's what all moms wish for their kids, right? We all want our kids to grow up loving themselves and feeling confident and having, uh, you know, having these skills, right? Really valuing themselves and being able to set and maintain boundaries and have self-respect, right? All of these things that, that we all wish for our kids. Well, they have to learn that from us, right? And instead, we're up against this idea and again, this paradigm of mothers taking time for themselves is seen as selfish rather than being upheld as this beautiful gift that they're giving their children. So again, as I was going through this journey, as I was in this process of what I now call radical mothering, I was so lonely and I was so isolated from other women and other mothers who were questioning the status quo and questioning this paradigm of modern mothering the way that I was. I didn't see role models for the kind of mother that I wanted to be. I couldn't find the other radical mothers that I knew must exist out there, right? I knew that I couldn't be alone. I, I knew as much as I knew in my bones that I needed to do this work. I also knew that I couldn't be the only one doing this, that I couldn't be the first person to realize these things. And so even though I wasn't seeing many examples around me of other women deliberately taking on self-improvement work as a form of conscious parenting, I knew that they must exist and I knew they must be out there. And so this eventually, right, flash forward again to where I'm at now, this led me to start wanting to work with these women, right? And this is how I I came to this work and this is how I came to create what I sort of joke and call my virtual village. So I facilitate a Facebook group for radical mothers and they are also the the clients, the women that I work with in my private coaching practice as a dynamic self-care coach because I wanted I never wanted anyone to feel the way that I did. I never wanted anyone to feel alone on this journey. Because I now know, you know, as I now know, there's lots of other mothers doing this work. And I also know that they often feel the way that I did. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I'm creating these episodes, because I want this space to be one where you can connect with others, where you can be reminded that you are not alone, that you are you know, made aware that there are a village of fellow radical mothers standing behind you, cheering you on, because this is the thing, is that we are social creatures. Humans require social interaction and we need village support, right? And that's one of the things that's sort of quote unquote wrong with how we're all being expected to mother in this day and age is that we've lost the village. Again, I'm going to cover that more in depth in a future episode, but it's It's become my mission in life to create that as best I can 
for this revolution of radical mothers. So if you identify with this concept and with this definition and you can say, yes, I am a radical mother also, you're in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to get started with you because I have seen how incredible and how impactful this work is for one another and and for myself right i get i have gotten so much out of connecting with other women that are doing this and i know that they are getting so much out of it too and that's why i'm so excited to continue sharing this work and continue spreading the word and sort of going, hey, you, you're not alone because I know how needed it is and I know how powerful it is. All right, mamas, that wraps up another episode of the Radical Mother Village. Thank you so much for listening. I know how valuable your time is and I appreciate that you're willing to spend some of it with me each week. If you are looking to dive deeper and connect with fellow Radical Mothers, you can do that by joining the virtual village that I facilitate over on Facebook. You can find the link to that in the show notes, or you can also search within Facebook itself for the Radical Mother Village. Over there, you'll find other like-minded mamas doing this work, supporting and encouraging one another, and it's also a great way to connect directly with myself, get a sneak peek on upcoming content, and get access to exclusive offers and resources. 